You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okie dokie. Smokey, we're live, but we got to let it breathe just a moment here. We're going to get Facebook in the room with us here before we get started. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. It's an exciting day. Lots of rumors are flying, whispers of this or that. Perhaps a big decision imminent on the quarterback situation. We shall see. But, gang, welcome in to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, whispers. We'll see how it shakes out. We'll pick Luke's brain to see why the feeling is what it is. Whispers that perhaps the Broncos have, in fact, already made their decision at quarterback, that you might see that decision sooner than you might have thought, i.e., before the Seattle game, we'll see why Luke might feel that way later, but what would you think if that's how it shakes out? Well, I mean, just like I was telling you, unless they name the starter tomorrow before the game, I don't know how he, he can pull Vic Fangio a bait and switch after naming uh, Bridgewater the starter in advance for this game and wanting to give it a, a fair competition and a fair shakeout. He said yesterday that more information is coming, even though he's damn close to naming the starter. So that said to me that the more information was the next preseason game. I would be really, really surprised if they lined up on Saturday night and it was Drew Locke under center with the ones I'm not the biggest Teddy guy, as are you, Chad, or not, but you have to at least be fair. If you're going to call it even, Steven, and you're going to keep up the facade, you have to do it at least a little longer. I would look for an announcement, though, Sunday, Monday, latest. I just can't see how you could do it and maintain credibility in your organization and with your fans in the media. I mean, you've been hammering that even Steven thread and almost, Zach, more stubbornly, the fact that both guys are going to get to start at least one game in the preseason. So, look, Drew had a great start. Game one was impressive. And even Pat Shermer today, we'll go through some of the things he had to say. But he said, look, game one showed you what we've been seeing uh, behind closed doors and at practice as far as where Drew that Drew has made some significant improvements and strides. But that was one game, right? As excited as and encouraged as we were and a lot of fans to see Drew perform at the level that he did on Saturday, we also have to know and recognize and accept that it was one game, a preseason game at that, and there needs to be more information. But, Zach, it was encouraging to hear how Shermer, like the tonality with uh, from Shermer on the topic of Drew Locke, I got to tell you, I can see why people think the decision's already been made, but I can't see. I, we'll, we'll pick Luke's brain here in just a minute, who was there today, but I just can't see them suddenly changing that public posture about each guy's going to get to start at least one preseason game. No, and you know, Pat Shermer was asked point blank today, what does Drew Locke, not Teddy Bridgewater, have to do to kind of cement himself as the Broncos starter? You know what Pat Shermer said? Very succinctly, you know, two words play well. That's it. 
That's all Drew Locke has to do. It's the same thing we've been kind of hitting at. As long as he doesn't fall on his face, as long as he doesn't crash and burn against Seattle, more than likely he's going to get the starting nod uh, for week one. And those comments by Pat Shermer said it all. They just want to see Locke show consistency. It doesn't have to be an 80-yard touchdown. It doesn't have to be two big scoring drives necessarily. Just no interceptions, no going backward, no inaccuracy for the most part. Be consistent, and you got the job. I tell you what, you know, Shermer has at times come off as a little bit crotchety towards media. Today was probably the strongest I've really felt that acerbic kind of tone in his in his remarks. And he even said earlier, you know, it wasn't even that much of a baiting type of question, but he he began his answer on this particular question with, "I'm not going to give you the headline that you're looking for." And he said it with some, with a little bit of venom, right? That kind of belies. It's like, hey, man, you know, you got to come off if you're the head coach, or pardon me, the offensive coordinator, Zach, you got to come off like, I don't really care what you think. Go ahead and ask your question, but I'm going to tell you what I think or what I want you to think. I just, Shermer is a, uh, he's an enigma. Let me put it that way. But let me just read this quote, then we'll grab Luke. On what Locke needs to do, as as Zach mentioned, it was pretty simple up front, but then he elaborated a little bit to uh, against Seattle to prove he's taking the right steps towards being the starter. Quote, play well. Unfortunately, you guys are all charged with doing the math on everything. Well, you know what, Pat? I think you're charged with doing the math on this too <laughs> a little bit, right? I mean, unfortunately. Or, so we got that one. All right. Quote, he just needs to play well. We talk about the quarterback thing behind the scenes and in private all the time. And I think that's really kind of the topic. That's for coach to discuss, talking Fangio, uh, with you publicly. But he just needs to play well and continue on the right path. We've seen the improvement. We've seen a young player, in my opinion, get better with an offseason and now a training camp. We're all together, and he can deal with me a little better. We all work together better, and he's also in a position where he's competing with another player who's doing an excellent job. So he's tipping his cap to both cues here in this answer. That's the type of setting uh, we as coaches want to create at all positions, and we're kind of, uh, we're just kind of focusing on the quarterback in terms of you know the, the, the overall scrutiny in Denver is who's going to be the cue. Your response. I just think he wants to, it's one word. I mean, all those words, all those sentences, all of that dictation leads back to one word. That's consistency. Come out and show you can be a big boy. Come out and lead a big boy offense. Don't throw interceptions. Don't go backward. Preferably lead a couple touchdown drives or one touchdown drive. Just look competent. And I think he has the job in the bag. I think there was a big turning point after the Minnesota game because in a span of four days, Chad, Vic Fangio went from even Steven to pretty damn close to naming a starter. There is something to do there. He saw Drew Locke in practice now this week. Drew Locke hasn't taken steps backward. You can argue he didn't win certain days, but he's not going backward. He's progressing forward, and that's all Denver wanted to see. So I actually agree with Pat Shermer. I'm shocked those words are coming out of my mouth. I've been praising him so often lately. It's starting to scare me, but he's right there. Just play well, and it's yours. Here's what I was talking about real quick on a pretty simple question on how the coaching staff discusses the quarterback question or position. Quote, again, I'm not trying to give you a headline, and I won't. We talk about that like we do other things. Thanks, Coach. Uh, real quick, before we grab Luke, whose time is uh, limited, we're going to real quick give everyone an update on Facebook, where things stand. First and foremost, we are 42% complete to our goal on subscribers. On Facebook, 
It's five bucks a month. If you become a supporter, you get access to our premium VIP podcast content, which includes Kelberman's Corner on Sundays, Broncos Book Club with yours truly, and The Trickle Zone on Saturdays. Five bucks a month helps keep the lights on, and you get a little something-something in exchange that nobody else does. Relative to our 500K goal on Stars on Facebook, we're going to give away when we reach the 500K mark, not only a Von Miller jersey, but a little something-something, a little unique special MHH keepsake to whoever wins that raffle. Zach, we're 46% complete. We are barreling toward it. Like I really feel confident we might be able to reach our goal in time for the regular season opener. And then here's your leaderboard, gang. Uh, Last 28 days on Stars. uh, Surprise, surprise. Zeus McPeak remains king of the hill. All right, he's still on top. Let Let me blow this up or raise it a little. Howie freaking day right behind him in number two. Well, he's got some ground to cover, but still Howie's been so prolific, Zach, on stars that he's going to have a lot of tickets in the raffle, so to speak. Uh, Michael as well, who's coming in, barely nipping at Howie's uh, heels at number three. Travis Weber at number four. Andrew Lampy at five. Travis Tarbox at six. The legend himself, Gary Leeds Palmer, seven. Sean Miller. Uh, at eight, Andrew Baker, nine, Claude Riley, 10. And then here's the guys, Randy, Pete, Butch, Zebulon, Alexander, just outside of the top 15 So get or top 10. So get those stars in, gang. We'll get closer to that goal. We can't wait to do the raffle. And it works like this. The more stars, only the people who are starring are in the running, right? And so the more stars that someone puts into the goal, the more tickets they're going to have in the hat, which obviously increases the odds of that person winning the drawing. So with that said, Let's grab our boots on the ground at Broncos training camp. All 17 days of these these, uh, practices, he's Luke Patterson. Follow him on Twitter, at Luke Patterson LP. Luke, today marked the, really it was the conclusion of training camp. Yeah, there's going to be more practices between now and the season starting, but really this was it for training camp. And your piece today, your notebook for day 17, very good, very interesting. You kind of went through some of your, overall takeaways of what you've seen over the course of these last, you know, we'll call it three weeks, but let's first start with my brother, what you had to say about kind of these whispers that maybe something might be changing with the quarterback position. How are you? And what have you heard? What's going on, fellas? Good to be here with Huddle Up. Yeah, training camp is officially in the books for the public. All right, so there's going to be a few media days out there. We'll keep you locked and loaded with what's going to happen next here on My High Huddle. But first things first, man, I would say everything is about perception. Zach, Chad, you know that. The NFL, it's all about perception, baby. And when you don't have a starting quarterback, man, people are going to ask questions. People are going to start attacking each other on social media. People are going to start a firestorm and that has happened because of a bad practice on Tuesday are we still talking about that I mean it's one thing if we're still talking about it and it's bad practices from Drew Locke on Tuesday and Wednesday that was not the case we got Pat Shermer I know some follow-up needed to needed to happen thank God it finally did it happened three days too late Um, but watch what they do Zach watch what they do Chad not what they say All right. Uh, The Broncos are in full spin mode right now, trying to make sure that their tails are covered just in case Drew doesn't work out. And that tells me a couple things, right? It tells me that they care about Drew Locke. They tell me that they're invested with Drew Locke. And when you look at Pat Shermer and some of those optics today, Drew Locke's going against the scout team defense. First thing 
I noticed about that was those weird little jerseys that they give you when you're on the scout team, right? It's kind of humiliating. Uh, if you're a defender or if you're on offense, you're just trying to get your start. Well, you got to pay your dues on the scout team. When you pay your dues, you're going against the ones, and they're giving those reps to Drew Locke. What's weird about that? Well, Vic Fangio said last week in Vikings joint practices that Teddy Bridgewater would start the Seattle Seahawks game. So wouldn't you think Teddy Bridgewater would – have at least had the lion's share of the reps today. That wasn't the case. There were some cryptic tweets out there from different Broncos insiders today, and I don't want to get into the cryptic tweet battle, but it just feels like Drew Locke's job has been claimed. Uh, He has not been supplanted by Teddy Bridgewater, and Zach put it best. Drew's had some bad days. Teddy's had some bad days. But Drew's playing well right now. Pat Shermer ultimately wants to be proven right that he fixed Drew Locke he wants to be a head coach again. Let's just look at the facts. Doesn't matter if you're a Locke fan. Doesn't matter if you're a Bridgewater fan. The only thing that matters is which quarterback is going to get the start. It's ultimately going to be Drew Locke. I expect that decision to be made next Tuesday. Yeah, that's a really good point about Pat Shermer. You know, he was hired to be the quote-unquote quarterback whisperer, quarterback guru, whatever word you want to use. And, he, you know, coaches take that personally. It's, it's these pet projects, kind of like Mike Munchak and Garrett Bowles. And Mike Munchak, it's a feather in Mike Munchak's cap with Bowles' success. But uh, Luke, Sam has a question here that I kind of wanted to ask too, so I'll just give him the credit. He says, Luke, does it appear that Locke is winning slash earning the job, or is it more that Teddy hasn't done anything to be the starter and Locke is winning by default? What say you? Ooh, that's a good question, Sam. Really appreciate the support. Thanks for joining Huddle Up. Oh, man, I would say yes, yes, and yes. I mean, it's just, it's so hard, Zach. It's so hard, Chad, walking to the parking lot, uh, talking with different Broncos insiders. Who you got today? Trying to, like, get some confirmation that we're all seeing the same thing, and that's never going to be the case. We just talked about perception. I just rambled on for five minutes about that. Uh, Look, Teddy's won some days. Drew's won some days. But overall... Drew Locke has got those wow plays. He's got the firepower. He's got the excitement. There's very little to be excited about right now with the Broncos offense not having a quarterback. But when Drew Locke is in there throwing two touchdowns, it's time to get excited. When Drew Locke's throwing bombs in practice, it's time to get excited. Uh, I, for one, am just ecstatic that offensive coordinator Pat Shermer is actually calling plays to the offensive strength. Something I wrote about today on milehighhuddle.com. I'm very proud of Pat Shermer. I know you gave him a tip of the hat, Zach, and I find myself, uh, I'm confused that I'm saying that. I, I'm wondering, is Shula calling the plays? I mean, this is just really, really weird. So it's not so much that Drew's pulling away by a far different margin than Teddy Bridgewater is. It's more so that he hasn't been supplanted. And shouldn't that be the case? Shouldn't Drew Locke be able to beat Teddy Bridgewater? Now, don't get it twisted, Broncos country. You will see Teddy. The question is, is it going to be by hook or by crook, injury or poor play? I like that, hook or by crook. Uh, all right, real quick here, guys. Let's grab Tom El Greco, who has a quest- Well, a comment here. Thank you, Tom, up in Canada. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, I hope the Broncos have chosen Drew. He is the upside, the higher ceiling. He's the future. Enough of this QB carousel, guys. Uh, Luke, I submit to you that as much as I think it would be in the team's best interest, and yes, YouTube, Facebook, please like this video, for Drew to become the future, he has yet to grasp and secure the bag, let's say. You know, let's take it all the way back to his Mizzou days, right? Let's secure the bag, right? He hasn't quite done that. But if he does, you know, if he has himself a good year this year, if he does indeed get named the, the starter 
and he goes out and he plays well, and the Broncos have a little success as a team. I mean, golly, this team, especially after the, just the depredations of the last five years, I'm not going to say they're going to roll out the Brinks truck per se. We're not talking about half a billion dollars like Patrick Mahomes or anything like that, but the dude is going to feel a little bit more comfortable. But there, there's a long road left to hoe between now and then. Yeah, absolutely. You know what, Chad, Zach, it comes down to who do you believe in if you're a teammate over there at UC Health Training Center of both quarterbacks right now? Uh, I kind of feel like the defense is leaning a little bit more towards Teddy, and that's because they're tired of the turnovers. They're tired of being put in a bad spot. Doesn't mean they don't like Drew, but when Kareem Jackson is publicly campaigning for a different quarterback, there's something to be said for that. On the other side, you look at Melvin Gordon. Fake it till you make it, bro weren't exactly endorsing comments uh, towards Drew Locke over the offseason. I definitely think he crossed a line, a line that you should not cross uh, with your teammate. Take the PR-friendly route. But I'm, I'm wondering, I don't know that the locker room is truly divided. I would just say I think the defensive guys are leaning Teddy, but I think the offensive guys are leaning Drew. Uh, I think the offensive guys know that they – have a competent quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, someone that they can trust, someone that they can build immediate rapport with, as we've seen. I mean, what? Teddy's been here for a few weeks, and he's already just gelling with the guys. He's beloved in the locker room. Uh, so I think that's a little bit interesting. I don't think you're going to see any internal beefs. Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater get along, okay? They get along great. Uh, watch for that this Saturday night. When Drew Locke's on the sideline, you're going to see him checking in with Teddy. You're going to see Brett Rippon also involved in the conversation. So the quarterback room is much better than it's been the last couple of years, something that Broncos country should be ultimately really excited about. Uh, Luke, I have a question because there's so many other players that are not quarterbacks on this roster, and there's a lot to look forward to in this preseason game. Tell me, you know, while we have you, it's our last podcast until the game. Tell me what you're looking for, non-quarterback-wise. Where are you looking for separation on defense, offense? What, what are your uh, major storylines for this game? Yeah, a couple of them, Zach. Right tackle. Who's the starting right tackle going to be? Uh, if you look at the depth chart right now, DenverBroncos.com, it's going to have Calvin Anderson slash Bobby Massey or vice versa. Well, Zach, this week it's been a lot of Calvin Anderson over at right mm -hmm. tackles. I thought Bobby Massey was pretty much penciled in to be the starter. Well, that's flipped completely on its head this week. So uh, I'm going to be looking at that. Now, Cam Fleming, I believe, ah, I don't know. I, I don't like what I see there. He'll probably be on the left side. So watch out for that right tackle position because Broncos country, we have been in dire need of a right tackle, just like a quarterback. The good news is we've got three guys that at least will be there and want to play Juwan James Dick. So uh, <laughs> uh, linebacker is also another one. I think Josh Watson had a really tough game last Saturday. Number 54 was all over the field, but in a slower way, a couple steps behind. Start looking for that depth. Justin Sternad, absolutely love to see what that kid could do. Caden Stearns, looking for him to put together another good game. Uh, we don't know if Von Miller's going to be out in the field. I know that he said he didn't really want to play on the turf. He would if he could. But keep an eye on that running back. What's Melvin Gordon going to do? We know he doesn't like to show up to OTAs. He should want to show up to this preseason game because Pookie Williams is going to be the starting running back by the end of the season, guys. I'm telling you right now, uh, if this guy can stay healthy, he doesn't have a lot of tread on the miles or a lot of miles on his tread, rather just because of those splits with Michael Carter at the University of North Carolina. So if you're an active member of Broncos country, which everyone on this channel is at Mile High Huddle, you're going to watch the right tackle. You're going to watch the linebackers and you're going to watch some defensive backs. All right, Luke, last one for you here, my friend. 
you named Jerry Judy in your piece today as the MVP of training camp. And no surprise, right? He's been a sensation. Uh, we've talked a lot about him on the show. But if you had to pick a runner-up, who would it be? Trinity Benson. I know that sounds weird, guys. I know. I used to be number one last year, I think, was his jersey number. I had to look it up. Not a lot of notes on him. Uh, he has just been so consistent, fellas. I wrote about this last year. He's going to take Deontay Spencer's job. And I think Deontay Spencer, Pro Bowl alternate, uh, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week against Carolina Panthers last year. He will get picked up by another team, so don't feel bad for the young man. But your time has come. Uh, Trinity Benson is showing that he is not just a gadget guy. He is a receiver. He's getting separation. It's insane. And speaking of separation, Kendall Hinton's still out there, folks. I don't know if he's going to make this team, but they are giving him first team, second team reps, uh, third team, whatever. He's catching anything thrown his way. And I'm not saying he's lightning in a bottle. He's not KJ Hamler fast. He's not Cortland Sutton with 50-50 balls, but he's a football player. And this team has lacked football players for years. So I think they it's a little bit more than Owen Kendall hitting a solid from last year and stepping up for him in a big way. George Payton wants players. And I don't think he's going to be ruthless like the Detroit Lions and cut anybody on their birthday next week uh, with that long snapper. I mean, that was just a complete, you know, Richard Nine move from Campbell. Uh, but you got to see this team take shape. And how does a team take shape? They need football players. The day of the athlete is done. It doesn't work down there in Dove Valley. You got to have grown men, smart, intelligent football players that are going to win you football games. You know, Luke, it's funny. I put out a tweet earlier today about the receivers, and it caused some sort of, you know, a conversation. I'm not going to say a firestorm. I said, if the Broncos keep five, these are the five. And I had I obviously the, the big three, Tim Patrick, and then I had Trinity Benson. They might keep six, but if they keep six, to me, it's between – uh, Kendall Hinton and Seth Williams for me. I am leaving Tyree Cleveland off this roster, considering the, the training camp, the bad hand so far, and I'm leaving Deontay Spencer. You know why? Because I want the best five or six wide receivers to be on the team. And Deontay Spencer offers zero as a wide receiver, and he's not the greatest punt returner of all time. If you can cross-train K.J. Hamler or preferably uh, Trinity Benson to do that job, and Trinity Benson's making plays on offense, why wouldn't you want to keep that guy? I don't well, understand the Spencer love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, man. It's, I think just guys get enamored for with big plays, Zach, as you know, we haven't seen many of them from the Broncos. The Broncos haven't been scoring points. So maybe it's, you know, the, the good, feel good punt return of the season last year. That's still ringing through. I don't know, but I got to ask you this. Are you willing to give up Tim Patrick? Cause I am willing to trade him right now. And that's a compliment. That's not because I don't like Timmy Pats. That's because I love Timmy Pats. I need to see 81 in a starting role. You and I have talked about it at nauseum, Chad. We've said it on the Huddle Up podcast this week. Tim Patrick would have started, will start, for about 25 other teams right now. I would immediately trade him, try to get some value, and do him a solid. Tim Patrick came in here undrafted out of Utah State. Tip of the cap to uh, Chad there. But look, man, Utah. he's made University the Utah. Utah. Okay. He's made the best of his time as a Bronco, but this team is just too crowded at wide receiver. Get something for that man and let him play. Here's the problem though. What are you going to get for him? Especially right now, he has that groin injury. I mean, would you get a four? And is, is that four more valuable, Luke, than having Tim Patrick on the team? I, I'm a big Tim Pat guy. And you know what? 
Cortland Sutton, he's coming back from the ACL. KJ Hamler is seemingly always banged up with a hamstring. You can do worse than having insurance in the form of Tim Patrick. Big TP kind of guy. And I'd rather the Broncos, they can get a compensation pick for him. Let him walk on the open market next year. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll get a decent contract, and he'll have the entire season to get healthy. Right now, I kind of would agree if you can get maybe a second round for him, but a fourth Ooh. Yeah, that's, you know, you bring up a good point, Zach, because we're seeing Cortland Sutton still trying to get used to that knee. Uh, I think it's his brace more than anything. I really do. I think a lot of people are worried about his health, but good Lord, he's wearing a Garrett Bowles left tackle brace, and he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Take that brace off of that man and give him a sleeve and let him run. You bring up an excellent point because what happens if Cortland Sutton's banged up, which will probably happen. You're the starting receivers, starting offensive line guys are going to go down this season through no fault of their own. So when that has happened, Tim Patrick has not only been an insurance policy, he's been money in the bank himself. The guy's a football player in his own right, not the fastest guy, but a guy, a receiver that's pancaked to DBs and linebackers. He's willing to throw hands. I absolutely love Timmy Pats, so I could definitely get in line there because I'm not trying to rush Timmy Pats out the door. I just want to see more football from Timmy Pats, and it's just it's it's a good problem to have at the end of the day, fellas. All right, guys, you heard it here from Luke Patterson. Follow him on Twitter, at Luke Patterson LP. He'll be continuing to follow the Broncos camp beat for us, even though it's closed to fans henceforth. But, Luke, thanks again for making the time, as you have these last three weeks, my friend, and we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, hey, guys, I appreciate the time, and be sure to catch MHI. This Saturday night, we will be doing a live game, Carl Dumbler and I, from Building the Broncos at 6 p.m. Mountain. We will be taking you up right up until kickoff almost, an hour away. So uh, be sure to get at us on Saturday night. It's going to be fun. All right, guys. Luke, talk to you soon, brother. Be good. There he goes, Luke Patterson. We'll react more to some of what Luke had to say there. Real quick, though, Zach, i got to do a quick update and let everyone know where today stands on the – Facebook stars. And let me just go ahead and preview this a little bit. Travis Weber is back and with authority. All right. My dog, number one on the day already. And he was, what was he? Number three or four in the total ranking. So Travis, thank you for those stars, brother. He said, uh, also, we got Andrew Lampy right there at number two, Travis Tarbox, number three, Gary Leeds Palmer, number four, Leaf Roebuck, number five. So we've got five of our superstars on Facebook who are over the four-digit mark on today's stream. So thanks, you guys. Andrew Baker, Ron Frey, or is it Fry? I would say Frey. Uh, Michael Ronquillo, what's up, dude? Gerald Hendy, Shayna Creason. Guys, keep them coming. We'll keep checking back, and we will obviously keep an eye out for any of your comments, questions uh, in this chat. And real quick, Zach, we've got some very, very patient superstars. Kevin, I'm sorry to tell you that the chat has jumped yet, and I can't. I'm lamenting this even now. Show your awesome YouTube profile pic, which I just love, dude. Football priest hat. He's got the MHH mask. He is ready to show out and go to bat, go to war for MHH and the Denver Broncos. So, Kevin, thanks, my friend. He says, just showing my support for the greatest podcast. Appreciate you, Kevin. Still love your movies. (laughs) Silent Bob in the hizzy. Also, Andrew Morrow jumping in early. Thank you, my friend, for that super chat. And uh, yeah, we're we're sending Andrew out a little T-shirt as a thank you for his support. And you be sure to get us a, a selfie when you get that in, my friend. And we will flex for you on MHH Instagram. Zach, here's Dakota Marquez. Thank you, Dakota. It's good to see you, buddy. 
What's up? Finally able to catch a live stream. Well, hey, we're glad to have you, brother. Thank you. I know you're watching and listening even when you're not live, but it's great to have you in the stream. Also, Big Earn. He was gone for a minute, but now he's back, and we're stoked to have him back. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you being with us. And then here's Casey Nickel. What's up, brother? He says, squad, let's go. Locke is going to be the starter, and we need to remember he had to earn it this year. He's more poised, polished, mature, and ready. Again, thank you, Casey. And, Zach, that is a good point in this case, that if the momentum and the tea leaves are being read correctly and this thing and this pendulum is swinging Locke's way, he will have earned it. You know, he did go to toe-to-toe. He had to sing for his supper. And even though Teddy Bridgewater, you know, let's face it, he didn't have to compete against Tom Brady here. Still, Teddy's an experienced vet, a competent vet. He knows what he's doing is no joke. And if so, Drew ends up truly being named the starter, that's got to be hugely confidence-inspiring. He earned it up until this point, though. And the thing with Drew is he's going to have to earn it every game until he shows and he demonstrates over a four- or five-week stretch, okay, this is a new quarterback. We can trust him. We can take the training wheels off, and we're not having to worry he's going to fall over and crash. He can be okay on his own. Uh, He earned it up until now. So, And he's going to have to avoid last year getting comfortable or the Broncos getting complacent. That's where they ended up in this position in the first place, having to acquire Teddy Bridgewater because they entrusted Locke too early. I'm a big Locke guy, as everybody knows. That's no secret. But, you know, he has to still prove to me that he's a new quarterback, that he's a trustworthy quarterback, a reliable quarterback, and a competent quarterback that the Broncos can win because of and not in spite of. A question from a great supporter on Facebook, Trevor Sandell. What's up, Trev? He says, I think it's going to be Drew. Zach, question. If Locke is named the starter, how long is his leash on the starting job? Thanks. It, like I just explained, it starts out increasingly small. Let's say he's named the starter on Sunday going into week one. That leash is going to be about this big. But if he shows in week one, he has a good performance like he did in preseason, the leash will grow a little bit. The hope is that the leash is so long, we don't even think about the leash anymore. And the Broncos at that point, they would have what we call a franchise quarterback. I am not even close to dubbing Locke as such yet. He's a potential franchise quarterback, and he's going to have to earn it, like I just said, every single game, every single snap, because they do have a competent backup now in Teddy Bridgewater. Who can replace him? And the Broncos can win games with Teddy as well. So Drew really has a lot to prove week in and week out. I think to truly be accurate in how I would predict this, I would have to throw in the one caveat, which is when, at what point in the season would a potential uh, slump occur? If it's early in the season, I could see them rolling with the punches perhaps a little bit longer in terms of giving a little bit more benefit of the doubt and rope to Drew Locke. But my canned answer, and I've given this some thought over time, not just tonight on this question, is Two games. If Drew Locke either A, stinks it up for two games, or B, the Broncos go on a two-game losing streak, I think you enter the all-bets-are-off zone where, depending on the lay of the land, depending on some of the other mitigating factors from upcoming schedule to where you're at in the standings to playoff seating and all that stuff, you could see a a quarterback change being made. Gary, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. Glad to have you back. Uh, Sam Bam in the hizzy, Zach. Appreciate you, Sam. He says, what's up, dudes? I believe the decision was already made months ago that Locke is the starter. It was just a matter of Locke not falling on his face, playing bad, and it appears that has not happened. You could be right on that, Sam. I think probably a more accurate way to say that is I believe the hope was from months ago that Locke would win the job. 
I think the team, at least the the big time shot callers, right? We're talking George Payton, we're talking Elway, and maybe I won't include Fangio in this. Wanted Drew to win the job. Why? Well, the dude's got a higher ceiling. We talk about that, Zach, on this podcast often. The ceiling is significantly higher for Drew Locke, and the team has made an investment in him. And I'm not just talking about the trade-up in the second round and the second-round draft pick itself. I'm talking about the time, the blood, sweat, and tears, the sacrifices, the coaching, the development that have been put into Drew Locke. You want to see that provide this team a return, especially in the wake of five I'll just say, even though they're not all five technically losing seasons, five losing seasons, right? If you don't get to the playoffs, I'm sorry. Even if you're plus 500, it's a losing season in my book. So, look, I think uh, Drew Locke, they wanted him to win, Zach, but he had to confirm that. He had to make it a reality. I think it became increasingly apparent when they passed on free agent quarterbacks and they passed on quarterbacks at number nine and they passed on a Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers trade that they wanted Drew Locke to win the job. Just to pick up on your previous point, though, Chad, I agree with you that a midseason slump constitutes two games after that the Broncos would maybe look toward making a quarterback change. But the context matters there. I don't think just losing two games would be enough to yank Locke because what if he throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, right. and no picks, and they and they lose? That could be another factor. It could be coaching. could be defense. It's going to have to be where he falls apart. So two games in a row they lose, and they lose because he threw three picks, because he lost you know four fumbles over that time. They have to lose because of him, and they would look to replace him at that point. Maybe. Agreed. Context, whatever those – again, the lay of the land is going to make a difference in that decision and it's there's multiple levels of analysis if and when that time might come for let's hope it doesn't broncos yes indeed anthony balmer in the house what's up buddy love the t-shirt let him hate indeed welcome appreciate you he said monday can't come any sooner my friend is here making fun of me for saying we're going to make the playoffs this team is going to shock the world this year hey man we love the optimism and i think fans have every right even if this team hadn't endured the last five years that it had, this fans have every right at this point in the season to be uber optimistic in their squad. And it just so happens that this time around, you know, there's a little bit more meat to that meal that's being served to you. Not only in the fact that, you know, you had a great, another great draft, G, a new GM comes in, makes some pretty baller moves in free agency too. And then you get out into the preseason and, you know, they lay it to the Vikings. And that's not really, Zach, a litmus test or a predictor for regular season success. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Traditionally, the teams that do the best in preseason typically don't do the best in regular season and vice versa. But nevertheless, all you can do is take an opportunity at a time and, and analyze the information from there. And the first swing at the plate this year, Zach, the Broncos knocked it out of the park. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really taking it one game at a time because Fangio correctly, smartly put the onus on the games and not necessarily the practices. Anthony, I don't know if you have uh, future psychic ability. I don't know if you're looking forward to Monday for a quarterback announcement or you think the game's Monday. The game's Saturday night, and I think we'll have a decision, though, by Monday latest as long again as Locke does not fall on his face. We got Travis Weber checking in. Good evening, Chad and Zach and Broncos country. Whoever gets the starting gig, let's just have his back and let's win some games. Denver Broncos for life and a mile high salute to boot as well. Appreciate you, Travis. And you know what? While we're there, let's go ahead and update where things stand today. Travis, still well in the lead on stars for today. 
over 5,000 stars in the house. Sean Miller right there, 1,800. Butch, 1,500. Andrew, 1,200. Travis, 1,100. Gary, 1,000. Leaf, 1,000. Man, we love it. Appreciate you guys. Andrew Baker's up there. Ron Frey, Brian Bowman. Thank you, Brian. Michael, Gerald, Claude, Colby, and Shayna. Really appreciate all your support on Facebook, gang. And just know those stars, the more you star, the more tickets you're going to have in the raffle. And we are really interested, intrigued, excited, looking forward to that opportunity. And we will make it a part of the show. All right. We'll have uh, the tickets made up. We'll have them in a hat. Zach will do a drum roll. I'll teach him how to do a double stroke roll. Okay. And he'll have a little snare. He'll do a drum roll, pull it out. Boom. Here's the winner. It's going to be really cool. All right. Really cool. So Zach, get on that. Okay. Go buy a a snare drum, some sticks, get, get ready. Got you. Amazon. Here I come. Boise man. What's up, brother? Good to see you. He says, I think it would be super beneficial for the team to, for Locke to start this season. The easier schedule, the first three weeks, gives him a great chance to shine That's a good and point. boost his confidence. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, regardless of which Q wins this battle and it's pointing toward Locke, that's a very favorable first quarter of the season, Zach. Very favorable. And so, you know, if Drew does end up being the guy, man, he's got a real opportunity. And I think this time around, he's not going to be taking anything for granted. You know, this is another thing he talked about more so kind of hinted around in his last media availability. Uh, Basically just that, you know, he's having, he's smelling the roses now. He's not necessarily from his own volition. The Broncos basically came to him and said, Drew, stop, smell the roses. You got to sing for your supper, dude. Look at what's going on around you. You're not on scholarship. You're being paid my dog. And last year wasn't good enough. If you want the start this time, you're going to have to earn it. And so far it appears that he has. And I think that, mindset zach that paradigm shift that goes from i'm on scholarship and i'm the man to hey i just worked my ass off to win this job my nfl career as a starting cue in this league was under threat i answered the bell i vanquished the threat and so it makes it more you appreciate it right if you're drew lock you fight for it more you go the extra mile you do the things that are going to be required to hold on to that so as not to squander that mountain of effort and what the time and energy you put into it, the accomplishment. Yeah. I think it'd be akin to like a manager of a restaurant having to start washing dishes. You start to get appreciative for what other jobs and what a paycheck really constitutes. And you're lucky to be able to have some sort of responsibility for that employer. That's a really good point about having three easy games. I don't think any game is easy in the NFL, especially for a young inconsistent quarterback, hopefully not anymore. Uh, but New York, Jacksonville, and then New York again, will be there week three meetup, MHH meetup again, guys, anyone, boys and man, hope you can make it out there for the Jets game. But let's say, you know, God forbid they lose week one. It's still a good point. You don't necessarily have to win those first three. That's ideal. But let's just say they come out slow against the Giants. That's a perfect rebound opportunity against Jacksonville, and they're barely their defense. And a rookie quarterback they're facing who probably won't be in Urban Meyer's scheme up to snuff just yet. So it's a really good point before the schedule hardens up really badly in the middle of the year, the third quarter of the year. They need to start out strong and fast in the first three weeks. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Maurice says on YouTube, the wife and I just celebrated our 25th anniversary in Napa this week. Wine country is great. But it's no match for Broncos country. Love my Bronco family. Congrats on that, dude. That talk about accomplishments, talking about achievement. You know, not to not to compare marriage to a job, because I mean, come on now. 
at least if you're married to the right person, it shouldn't feel that way, but it still takes work and it still takes sacrifice and compromise and all that. So Maurice, congrats to you on 25 years with the missus. Zach, Brian Greenfield, BG, as we like to call him on this show, a legendary Mount Rushmore superstar says, I saw people in the chat uh, saying that they see both quarterbacks playing this season. I sure hope not because that's hardly ever a good thing. Zach, that might have a little something to do with Luke's article today after he basically said, look, the whispers are, it's looking like it's going to be Drew, but I still expect to see both quarterbacks in the season, which sounds like it's a contradictory statement, but I don't think that's what he, he wasn't just saying, yeah, and then he's going to get benched. It's that what are, what are the, one of the things we know about Drew Locke's NFL resume, two years in the league, two consecutive injuries in those years that caused him to miss time. So you hope to God, you knock on wood that, that, you know, he got a little bit thicker this year. He put on some weight that that's going to serve him and that he's not going to get hurt this year. But the odds, at least based on Drew's, um, you know, trajectory thus far, the odds point in the direction of at some point, Teddy at the very least is going to have to come in in relief of Drew, not necessarily to replace him, but perhaps to stopgap for a short time. Although I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Right there with you. Yeah, I, I've heard other other members of Broncos country. I know Christy tweeted at me with this suggestion. I don't know if she's serious or not, but I know other Broncos fans are thinking that because they have two quarterbacks, maybe they should put those two quarterbacks to use, kind of like what the Saints do with Taysom Hill and I guess Jameis Winston this year. But no, this isn't high school. This isn't college. Uh, they're not going to run a two quarterback system. The starter is going to be the starter and the backup is going to be the backup, period. Travis, what's up, buddy? He says, I know he just started practicing, but how has Baron Browning looked so far? And is he going to be an inside or an outside guy? Uh, Sorry that we couldn't get to that while Luke was still with us. But I'll tell you what Vic Fangio said about Baron Browning today. Uh, And that is that, uh, quote, how is he looking after a week of practice? Quote, better. He had a good week considering his lack of work and preparation for it. He did good. The most important thing is he did good physically, meaning no setbacks. He didn't feel any after effects. We probably could have started him a little earlier as far as practice, uh, but he did good. I was pleased with what he did. So, so far, so good. I think it's trending Zach toward uh, OLB for Browning, but he's a guy that, at least in the short term, which I don't understand. I'm like scratching my head on this right now, why they're even fiddling with that as a notion. I know that he was kind of a cross-trained jack-of-all, master of none at Ohio State, and that's shame on the Buckeyes, honestly. That's not his fault. That's because he was asked and and to do all these things because of necessity. He projects, in my opinion, like if you look at a player and say, what path can we put this dude on that will maximize his skill set and produce the greatest result for the team and the player, that's the position you put him in. For Demarcus Walker in 2017, it sure as hell was not standing him up at edge. In the case of Brayon Browning, Zach, I, I'm sorry. I don't see it as, as a rush linebacker. I see it as an off-ball guy. But we'll see. I think it's the type of thing, Zach, where they can train him, play him at OLB. And then, you know, if you get into a tight situation, injuries on the ILB depth chart, he's athletic enough and smart enough. He could step in and, and do what you need him to do. 
I can't fault the Buckeyes too much for what they were doing because you're supposed to experiment in college, Chad, and that's what they were doing with his positions there. So uh, I think in the NFL, though, the the Broncos have a responsibility to play him where he serves the team best, and I thought that was an inside linebacker considering they're pretty set at outside linebacker. Beyond Vaughn and Chubb, you have Malik Reed, you have Jonathan Cooper, you have uh, Andre Mintz making noise. They're good there. But who do you really have behind A.J. and Jewel, who, by the way, has been a little nicked up? You have Sternod and Sternod, That's and Josh Watson. That's pretty much it. So there's a more of an opening and more of a necessity at inside linebacker. I would hope, and you nailed it. I'm getting serious shades of Demarcus Walker, and they. You can say they ruined or stunted his development because they didn't play him at one spot. I hope there's not a repeat disaster with Baron Browning. Stick him at inside linebacker. Uh, if he can cover a running back or a tight end a few snaps a game, so be it. You have two starters in front of you already. There's no doubt it stunted his development. And I know it wasn't all Denver's fault because he did get sick that offseason and it caused him to lose a bunch of weight. And so they thought, well, let's try and make, you know, uh, lemonade here. And so they said, well, let's play him. Let's stand him up. It was a setback for him. It probably significantly curtailed what he could have been, even though I don't think he was ever meant to be in Denver. That was a pick from the beginning that just didn't make very much sense for the Broncos. As, as much as I liked the kid in college at FSU, he was – he was meant to go to a 4-3 defense where he could rush as with his finger in the ground as a as a strong side, or I should say just as a defensive end, right, at uh, 4-3 DE. Brian with another super chat with a message for Luke saying, what's up? Thank you for the supers, my friend. We'll make sure he hears that. Uh, Gerald says, and thank you for the stars, Gerald. Crazy seeing Luke praise Drew Locke after how he bashed him so much pre-draft. Well, Gerald, I understand why you perceive that as as bashing him. I really do. I, I understand that. Uh, what Luke's doing right now is calling it like it is. Eyeball witness. He's been there. He's seen it. You know, he's given the guy his due. So I don't think it's it's Luke suddenly changing his tune in terms of his overall view on Drew relative to what he might have said in the past. I mean, I don't sit and chronicle every little take that any of our guys have on a given player, Zach, but – Except I think, me. I think Luke's just sitting here saying, look, you know, I've seen this dude show improvement. I, you know, he probably would tell you he was a Drew Locke skeptic. He's seen the improvement. He's given the guys the credit where it's due. I think, I think Luke said himself, didn't he say before the draft that Locke can't play in the NFL? I mean, I think Locke's proven him wrong to that point. But you know what? To Luke's credit or in his defense, every analyst, every media member, every observer, every fan has their own opinion and they're entitled to that. If you follow the Mike Clisses, the Benjamin Albrights, the Troy Ranks, they all have their guys. They have all have their proverbial horses in this race. And you can, if you're smart enough, if you read up enough, you, you can kind of tell who likes who. Kind of like you guys come on here and know that Chad and I are pro-lock guys. You go on a different podcast and they're kind of anti-lock guys. Everyone, we're all still human. We all have preferences and bias, whether we admit it or not. Look, as, as media and with the platform we have and the brand we represent, not just our own, but talking about Sports Illustrated, talking about Fan Nation, we do strive to walk the line of objectivity but as zach said i don't care who you are human bias is gonna come it's gonna leak out somewhere somehow some way and we've always on this pod maintained a uh optimistic posture supportive posture of drew while at the same time also trying to tell you the way it is 
including, and this stands true to this day, Zach, as Drew appears to be on the brink of being uh, told he's won the job. If it doesn't work out this year, if he isn't able to rise to the occasion and be equal to his opportunity, time's up, dude. Broncos got to move on if Drew doesn't strike while the iron's hot this year and, and you know, carp deem this bad boy. Michael, what's up, dude? Thank you. Really appreciate you, brother. You know, we love you. Also, Leaf Roebuck, this team's going to be fun to watch, but please just beat the Chiefs, baby. I know. I mean, I hate having to say it like this, but and it's, in all honesty, it's not even close, but it's going to almost, if the Broncos, when that time comes that the Broncos do finally knock off the Chiefs, whether it's this year or in the not-too-distant future, Zach, it's going to be like not too far removed emotionally from the triumph of hoisting the Lombardi because it's been that long, dude, and it's not just a bad losing streak against a team. It's the freaking Chiefs, dude, one of your hated rivals of all time. I mean, look, eras have kind of dictated which team fans in Broncos country hate the most in the AFC West. I mean, when I was growing up, it was all about Raider hate. All right. I was a kid from the eighties. But the team has to be good. That rival has to be good in order for that hate to right. really percolate, marinate, you know, for the hormones to rise to the surface in the, in the nineties, none of the te- AFC West teams, well, maybe a little bit of the chiefs were any good two thousands early. Anyway, the chiefs were good for a minute there with priest Holmes and Trent green. Uh, then it became the Chargers. Everyone hated the Chargers more than anything. The Cutler era when Phillip Rivers was getting his. The Raiders haven't really been a team that you can hate because they've sucked so bad. But the Chiefs, Zach, the the joy, just the pure joy of when that time comes will be yeah. something. You know, it's funny though. Everyone's acting like remember everyone who played backyard baseball. Remember Pablo Sanchez in the game, literally unbeatable. That's what they're acting like the Chiefs are. I mean, this isn't an undefeated, unblemished, perfect team that can never be vanquished. It literally happened in February, and it was actually quite embarrassing how they lost. And Tampa Bay kind of gave the blueprint to the NFL, including the Broncos, how to beat the Chiefs. And they have the talent. It comes down to defense and and quarterback play if they can hang with them. I can see them uh, splitting with the Chiefs. I can see them stealing a game this year. I mean, they're not an an unbeatable, perfect team that achieves godlike status, and we have to just award the Lombardi now every single year because they have Patrick Mahomes. They are beatable, and the Broncos can do it. Agreed. Agreed, absolutely. I just think for the last couple of years, really since the arrival of Mahomes, I hate saying this, that brings me no joy, Broncos country, but the Chiefs have lived in the Broncos' head rent-free for a minute. And it's part of that juju you know you you get caught up as a as a whether you're an individual you might have a uh you know a foe a team sometimes you end up making that them it bigger in your head than it really is and i think there's been uh, there's something very true about that as far as the broncos and the chiefs of since let's just say 2018 but it's never too late to change it's never too late to uh, flip the script and get back on point, and I think that moment is coming much sooner than people might realize. Jerry, appreciate the stars. Appreciate you being a supporter on Facebook, my friend. He says, I'm enjoying being a Locke fan since before we drafted him. Time to shine. Yeah, I liked Drew as a prospect long before he became a Bronco. I I liked his, you know, I mean, it gets overused, but his swag, you know, secure the bag, all that stuff. I like seeing that in the queue. I like seeing a guy wield it a little bit as far as the, you know, the mentality, so to speak. But I was also, um, 
I understood that it was going to take a little time, Zach, to, to get them up to speed, right? And uh, let's hope that now three off-seasons into his NFL career, that time has you know expired. The microwave went ding, dinner's done, time to feast. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it's true. It, it's a it, young quarterback. You have to have patience. And I think we've talked about this so many times, but Locke got the brunt of all the other failed quarterback experiments in Denver. And by the time he was drafted, Broncos country had no patience for any sort of development. And, you know, Chad and I wouldn't cape for anyone. We wouldn't die on any particular hill. We wouldn't like any particular quarterback. We genuinely thought that Drew Locke, and we're not patting ourselves on the back. There's still a chance he can go uh, belly up. But so far, he's looking like the developed quarterback that we foresaw when he was drafted. He was never going to be a finished product in 2019, not even close. But when you go four and one with that guy in five games, you realize you have something there. Amen. Here's Naj, another legendary Super Chat superstar here at MHH. He says, and thank you for that very generous support, Naj. You know, we love you, my friend. He says, hey, brothers, as recently as yesterday, every analyst I've seen on ESPN and NFL Network has anointed Teddy Bridgewater the starter. It's reassuring to hear that Drew, in fact, may be the guy. Why is the national media so off on this? Because they're not there. They're not there. Jeff Lagwald's there, but he's local beat. You don't see him on ESPN Sports Center or you know NFL Primetime or you know NFL. Very few exceptions during the season. If there's a news report, something breaking that comes out of Denver. Sports Center will do a stand-up with Legwald, and he'll report what's going on. But as far as the analysis, the talking heads that you see on uh, in front of microphones and lights on ESPN and NFL Network every day, Zach, these are national guys that are hundreds and, in some cases, thousands of miles away from what's going on, and they're covering 32 teams. So they go yeah. off of the general vibe. They might, for a little preparation for a segment, they might Google a thing here or there and try – and that's literally like the extent of their research. They're not there. They don't know what's up. And Zach and I, we're not at practice every day, but we are following the storylines. We're there. We're talking to people who are there, whether it's our guys or others. We're talking to our sources and our people and our colleagues. And so we have our finger on the pulse, all right, of what's going on. They do not. And in their defense, Zach, look, it's hard enough for you guys like you and I. You cover the Cowboys as well as the Broncos. I cover the Colts as well as the Broncos. It's hard enough to be an authority on two teams. To try and be an authority on 32, yes. I mean, let's forget it. It's a really good point. You know, them not being there certainly adds to it, Chad, but there is an obvious, obvious Broncos bias. And I think it started with Peyton Manning because I follow a, a virtue in my life that people don't hate losers. So when the Broncos got Peyton Manning, they started to win more. They eventually won a title. They became, you know, public enemy number one. And ever since he retired from 2016 up until now, they've gotten their pot shots. And every time Denver's had a losing season, they've had a bad quarterback play. Uh, the media, the same media that was poo-pooing while Peyton Manning was there and hating on the winners are now, you know, hating on the quote-unquote losers. They have no idea what's going on. And I understand not being there is one thing, covering all 32 teams, but when you come up with a stat like Pro Football Focus does, and the sole reason of that made-up stat is to discredit a team like Denver, that's an obvious bias for me. But this is why we say, we have said, and will continue to say, let them hate. Let him hate, baby. Boise man again. Thanks, brother. He says, even if it's Locke not being supplanted by Teddy, you could say he earned it because 
the lock of last year would not have held off Teddy in a true battle. It shows his growth and maturity. I like what you're saying there. I like what you're saying there. I'm not sure he could have withstood it either because he didn't have the mental fortitude perhaps quite yet. And I think the fortitude that he has now, Zach, talking about Drew Locke, you know, that was honed, that was earned, that was dearly bought and purchased through the school of hard knocks as far as the season, the 2020 campaign itself, and then the work he put in this offseason and then being challenged. You know, you got to you gotta rise up if you're being tested, you know. And Drew, so far it seems he's risen to the occasion. Yeah, I mean, so far, and that's those are the, the two – Key words there. We can only judge him on the offseason work he put in, training camp practices, and the first preseason game. And that's why Vic Fangio said more information is coming. But the information up until now is looking really good for number three. Randy uh, Randy Foster, what's up, buddy? Thank you for the super chat. Connect on Twitter. What's up, fellas? He says, I heard rumors today of Tim Patrick running scout team. I know there were trade rumors. Anything to make of this? No. He's a chess piece right now. He's still getting back to full health. If a team makes a, a George Payton an offer he can't refuse, he will not refuse it, and Timmy P will get dealt. But until and unless that happens, Zach, Timmy P is a Denver Bronco working back from, I think it was a groin, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, that's a good thing, man. Timmy P is as good of a backup X receiver as there is in the league. He's starting caliber guy on most clubs in this in this league. So I think Broncos fans should be fortunate and feel fortunate to have him still be a Denver Bronco. Just don't be stunned if at some point between now and the NFL trade deadline, my dog gets gets dealt. I mean, yeah, if he really was running scout team today, it could be because he's working back from that injury and they're, and they're taking it slow with him. And again, I, I still say uh, the, the Broncos have more value with Tim Patrick on the roster than with an extra fourth or fifth round pick in their pocket. As much as George Payton loves draft picks, I'd rather them hold on to Tim Patrick. Hopefully he'll benefit from having so many weapons around him. He'll probably walk next offseason, next March, but the Broncos could get a comp pick in return. That's the route I would take. I'm not trading him for the sake of trading him. All right, guys, we are about out of time, so we got to rapid-fire our remaining superstars. I know it is the Mile High Mailbag. We are your football priests, right? Each and every week. Really, it's each and every stream. We're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions, and we want to get to all of the superstars and all of the star centers tonight. Um, but we're about out of time, so, Zach, we got to hustle through that. BG jumping in again to say, sorry, guys, I can't get on the Jerry Judy train. The best thing I see uh, that I like about – Drew this year is a total different attitude. Yeah, I've seen that too, my friend. You know, we remarked about that yesterday after his media availability. Just a, He just seems like a more centered, more mature cat. And, you know, hey, that comes with time. That's the difference between, uh, you know, being smart and being wise, right? Wisdom comes through experience. And Drew has had now three years of experience in terms of offseason and two year of seasons itself, football seasons in the in the league. So, yeah, Judy, though, I don't know why what you're tripping on with Judy. Um, I think by the end of this year, you're probably going to be singing a different tune on that front, my friend, in all honesty. I think Judy's poised to have a true breakout season, especially if Drew turns a corner. Yeah, you said it perfectly there. I was with you, Brian, coming after last season, uh, coming out after last season. I still, you know, I questioned whether the Broncos should have taken a receiver there. Should they have taken, you know, Jefferson there or CeeDee Lamb there? Then his drops and his attitude. But every box so far that I've had for Judy, he's checked this offseason so far in training camp. He hasn't dropped one ball. 
He's got – I mean, I, you can argue the preseason game, this and that. I still think he was being held. Um, he's still displaying the footwork. He's breaking ankles. He's been a star, mostly with Teddy Bridgewater, but he can make plays with either quarterback. I'm right there with Chad. If you were down on him, just wait on his explosion. He's going to be a breakout player to watch on offense for sure this year. Another update on today's top star senders. Travis Weber still comfortably in the lead. Randy Jones, number two. Wow, thank you, Randy. Andrew Lampy as well at number three. Love you, Butch. Appreciate you. Sean, Leaf, Travis, Gary, Michael, Andrew, Ron, Brian, Gerald, Claude. Goodness, look at this list. Colby, Shana. Thank you, guys and gal. We love Lots of and new names. appreciate you. Very, Welcome very, to very much. Welcome right, to Zach, you guys. Here is Dale, another super chat superstar, MHH Mount Rushmore guy, near and dear to my heart. He's, uh, you know, he, he helped out the, the Jensen clan in a big, bad way. Looking out for us. Appreciate you, bro. He says, I appreciate the updates from Luke. He did a good job covering our guys. I heard Benjamin Albright say that Denver's base defense will likely be nickel. Thoughts? Well, I mean, depends on what personnel grouping the opponent lines up in on the first snap, to be honest with you, but we already know that NFL teams, including the Broncos, are playing 80% plus of their snaps nowadays in sub-package, nickel, dime. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, in essence, whether it's that what is there on the field, snap one, or in the final analysis after a game, you're going to see nickel is the predominant uh, you know, formation, personnel grouping, whatever you want to call it, for this defense. Yeah, I was going to say that's the way the NFL is going. Uh, it's a pass-first league, a lot of offensive – uh, firepower on the field, and you want to combat that the best way you can, and that's a nickel defense. So that's going to be, you know, de facto-wise, it's like calling Ed Donatel the defensive coordinator. It's by title only. They might play some base, but their de facto base will be nickel. Kobe Ray, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate that super chat. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter because we will want to shout you out after the show. Kobe, Von Miller's conference, he was listening in on the offense last week in Minnesota and said Drew was calling the play before it came in. He's ready. That it, that was a cool little anecdote that Vaughn shared today. And it is, a, I think, a little sign, another harbinger, another omen that this could be Drew's time, that he the message got through. He's ready to go. We'll see, though. That's a really interesting uh, observation, though, that he's learning, you know, Mentally, he's growing psychologically playing the position. And as Peyton Manning proved, to be cerebral it adds so much to your arm talent, adds so much to your game. So if he can pick up on those kind of things, and maybe that was a Peyton influence trait because he worked with him this offseason, picking and diagnosing plays and having that prophetic kind of vision for diagnosing play calls, this is how Locke is getting better. And if Von Miller says it, I know he's very pro quarterback, pro Broncos quarterback. It's still a really interesting, insightful observation. Willie, what's going on? Another long time, great superstar. He says our midseason us pardon my bleh, our midseason schedule is tough. I don't know. Yeah, it is, man. It is. That's why you got to make the most of the easy part, right? And in the league, I shouldn't even use the word easy because it's the NFL, man. Any given Sunday, but still, you know, opportunity knocks with that relative strength of schedule to open early, especially that first quarter of the season. Yeah, that's you got to beat the teams that you should beat. And I, I, I could just said any given Sunday in the NFL, and there's no easy games, there's no gimme games. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, compared to this Broncos outfit, 
the, the, the Jets, even the Giants to an extent, those are the teams the Broncos on paper should beat. And if they, as long as they do that, they should have 9-10 wins when it's all said and done. On Facebook, Andrew Lampy. so who's going to be the surprise cut this year? Bro, I'll tell you what. I don't think there's going to be, pardon me, a surprise on the caliber of like TJ Ward 2017. I don't think you're going to see some like bona fide Pro Bowl caliber stud suddenly get handed as walking papers on the doorstep of the regular season. But the top candidates, as far as cuts that are more established vets, the guy that continues for me to rise to the surface there is Royce Freeman. But with the injuries, the way the injury bug has shook out, and honestly, knocking on wood again, the Broncos have been relatively blessed so far this training camp. Like nothing egregious to point to, right? As far as the injury bug, like so far so good. Let's go. Let's go ahead and continue whistling past the graveyard. But seeing Mike Boone go down, right? Having uh, Melvin Gordon dealing with a groin, that's been good for Royce. So. Honestly, I'm not sure there is going to be one of those shocker-type cuts this year. Um, you know the name that came to mind right away was uh, Michael Ojemudia. Mm. I just didn't like the way he played in, in the Vikings game, and they're so uh, deep at cornerback, obviously, this year. I can, you know, I, I, Stranger things have happened. Leaf says, Tim Patrick is a peacock. You got to let him fly. <laughs> Quoting the other guys in the stream. Leaf, respect. He says, but keep him a Bronco while the young buds grow. Hashtag Van Isle, Broncos fan. Very cool, buddy. State of being, baby. Swag Nation jumping in. Thank you for that super chat, Swag. It would be foolish not to start lock when you clearly can see the upside and arm talent and growth we need. Lock, not Bridgewater. Agreed, my friend. That's why Zach and I have questioned the wisdom, even though it's probably going to end up being all for the greater good as far as Drew and the team, of giving up giving away 50% of those reps to, to Teddy when he could really have used him. But at the same time, I talked about this the other day on the show. You'd look at uh, priorities. All right, which, which could end up having the greater impact on Locke overall macro meta? The fact that he was challenged and that competitive anxiety caused him to dig deeper into his football soul and pull something out of it that was greater than it, he was before? Or it's simply the, you know, arithmetic of losing 50% snaps. I think right now I'm hanging my hat on the fact that that football psychology, the team pulled on him by forcing him to compete will ultimately end up having the bigger positive impact on him and the team. than what if he would have got the 50% reps? Yeah. I'm not a big fan of quarterback competitions, but at least if you're going to push a young quarterback that you want to see start that you're kind of biased toward, or you have a preference preferential mindset toward at least make it a backup that can be effective and, and kind of challenge uh, your incumbent. I wrote a story earlier today where I, I said that Teddy Bridgewater turned a friendly duel into a legitimate battle. And he did, it became a competition. It wasn't anything handed to Locke. Bridgewater didn't roll over, and, and even Locke said he's a better quarterback now directly because of the presence of Teddy B. Robot of Doom on Twitch says, how about week one against the Giants? How about both Teddy and Drew go out for the first snap like Lindsey and Gordon did last year? Yes, indeed. Uh, laugh, cry face emoji right there with you, my friend. Uh, here is one from David who says, "What? why is it Luke stated that Locke and Shermer got into it at camp on Tuesday and even Ben Albright said Shermer said it was equipment malfunction. All right, so look at it like this, all right? You're watching from a distance as things unfold, right? And then all of a sudden you see a guy who's been in doing the reps at Q 
a coach hollering, hooting, and screaming from the sideline. Dude gets tapped by the other cue and says, you're out. And then as the quarterback's walking back to the sideline, his voice is raised at the coach and the coach's voice is raised at him. Would it not be easy in that very moment to interpret that way Luke did? Meanwhile, what really happened, all right, here's a, here's a um, metaphor for what happened. It'd be like if I told my son, go out and pull some weeds, kiddo. And he dutifully goes out and does the job. Nothing to uh, question. He does a decent job at it. But then I open the back door and I'm yelling at him. I'm trying to get his attention. And it, to me, it appears that he's ignoring me because he's not replying. So I run up on him and I'm screaming. Now I'm pissed off. But it turns out he had his earbuds in. And so then he goes and looks at me that I'm screaming at him. He goes, what are you screaming at me for? Right? That's basically what happened. All right. They were running through a noise drill. And when they raised the level of the noise, it did something to cut out the sound in Locke's helmet. And so Shermer, not realizing that, was hooting and hollering and pissed off and irritated. And Drew wasn't hearing what he was trying to say to him. And so Shermer just said, Teddy, get in there and pulled him out. And Drew was basically trying to communicate to him. Dude, why are you so fired up? I don't even know what you're talking about. I couldn't hear anything. Right. So it ended up being, according to the team anyway, this is what we're told, a non-issue. But that's how it could be perceived, Zach, from people, you know watching from 25, 30 yards away. Yeah, that, and that we, we asked Luke about that, or I did directly yesterday. What was your, you know, how did you reach that conclusion? Everyone's entitled to their own perceptions. I'm not going to get on Luke for using the word pull. That's how he saw it, and that's how he described it. But uh, you can check out the podcast yesterday for more of an explanation. Uh, fortunately, though, Chad, it wasn't anything major. It was a little bit of a minor malfunction. This was a molehill that was made into a mountain. All right, guys, we really got to hustle. Dennis Woods, legendary superstar, other than quarterback and barring injury, is there a weak link on offense? Huge talent in skill positions, and the O-line is solid. I really don't see one. Yeah, if the Broncos, Zach, field a competent cue this year, you could point to maybe right tackle. I'm still a little underwhelmed by Graham Glasgow, even though friend of the show, much love to him, respect. I want to see him justify that contract a little bit more. So I'll just say right side of the line until proven otherwise. How about left guard with Dalton Reisner? I, I know that Fangio said they're entrenched Reisner and Glasgow as starting guards, but um, he wasn't exactly spectacular last year. They have some minor things you can worry about. Maybe backup tight end depth, you can make a case there, or the backfield depth right now with so many injuries afoot in Denver. But yeah, for sure, the first thing that comes to mind is right tackle. We have to pray to God, guys. Collectively, Bobby Massey stays healthy. Randy Foster again. Thank you, buddy. He says, no better way to spend a night than watching MHH. Indeed. Salute, brother. Appreciate that. BG again. Thank you, buddy. Do you guys think Denver's defense could be overrated? Yeah, it could be. It could be. There's a lot of hype there. And sometimes the hype does not get justified. But in this case, I'm not worried about it. I, I think they're going to be a top. There's a good chance this is a top five defense, right? If I was, If you said, hey, Chad, are you a betting man? And I were to say to you, Sure, I'm a betting man. Do you want to bet the Broncos are going to be a top five defense? I'd put a little money on that, although I'm not a betting man per se. I would have put a lot of money on that. They better be a top five defense, keeping Fangio around for this long, for a third year, assembling the defense, taking a quarterback over a quarterback at number nine. You can say what you want about that move. Everyone has their opinion. But still, they've tilted this defense and the personnel in Fangio's favor, and they better be a top five unit. I'm expecting top three, honestly. All right, I am checking to see if there was anyone we missed. Oh, another one from Willie. Very trusty. We love Willie. I won't be too upset with Drew if we lose to, say, the Ravens, the Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. 
I don't think a midseason slump would be that damning. Yeah, again, bro, it depends on the context, right? It really, really does. Yep. Okay, stand by. Almost through, making sure we're caught up here. And then we'll do one last update on Facebook, give everyone their props. And then uh, we'll catch you this weekend for first Broncos Book Club on Saturday and then Kelberman's Corner Sunday. And then the Huddle Up podcast returns, of course, on uh, Sunday evening. So let's grab this last one from Zebulon. Is Kareem Jackson safe? You know, I referenced TJ Ward as really a surprise cut back in 17. He's an older vet, says Zebulon, and Caden Stearns has looked good. Zach, your thoughts? You know, when we got the question about the surprise cut, for a second, Kareem Jackson went through my mind, but... You know, they brought him back for a reason. I don't think Stearns is quite there yet. There's a reason why uh, P.J. Locke and Trey Marshall were listed ahead of Stearns on the first depth chart that came out before the Vikings game. I think eventually one of Stearns or Jamar Johnson will be the starter opposite Simmons. But for right now, they like Kareem. He's good in run support. He's good in the locker room. And he's going to be the incumbent. It may be until midseason. Then you'll see a changing of the guards. You know, I, here's the thing. Uh, Kareem is a, is a precious, um, you know, he's favored by the coaching staff. Donatel loves him. Fangio loves him. In the case of TJ Ward, you know, if you were to try and find an allegory to the potential cutting of Kareem, you, you point to the TJ situation that was more Wade Zach, not by his being an impact player or not, or how long he was in the tooth, but by the fact that in that moment, the Broncos were much more salary cap conscious because of just where they were relative to the cap. They don't really have those concerns right now. You know, they're still sitting pretty relative to cap space. So barring Kareem falling off in camp, which he didn't, I'm not seeing that happen. All right. Last thing here, Zach, and then uh, we'll say goodnight to everybody. Let uh, me just Boise, grab Mr. Super. Yeah. Let me just, I saw Boise. We, I, I don't remember the monetary, you know, amount of the super oh, I see it on uh, invites for fantasy about yep. fantasy. Yeah. Boise. Uh, that's coming relatively soon. I think we're going to hold the draft guys again, MHH fantasy draft, $50 buy-in for this season. I think we're going to hold it the first week of September. So after final cuts before week one, we have some time to let things settle and see how the roster forms around the NFL before we have the draft. But I will keep you in the loop. Everyone else out there who wants in again, let me know. Last call, guys, coming up soon. Fantasy draft, first week of uh, of September. And I just realized, man, I'm glad we saw that because I just realized we missed one from Sam Bam too. Um, so, guys, thanks for uh, letting us know that. If when if and when that happens, please, as always, let us know. Scream and holler in the chat. Sam Bam, thank you, buddy. Chiefs are the best team in the AFC West, but they're beatable. The Broncos are the most talented, though. Chargers overrated. Raiders are the Raiders. I feel you on the Chargers being overrated, but they've got that up-and-coming young cue, and we'll see how the young new head coach manages to uh, handle the pressures. But the Raiders are no joke, man. I mean, look, it's fun to laugh at Chucky, and you know sometimes it's hard to take Derek Carr too seriously, but Broncos could not beat the, the Raiders last year, bro. Right. So. At this very moment in time, and I think it will change soon, you can't really talk too much trash on the Raiders because they swept the Broncos last year. Yeah. 
Did you see though the story that came out about an hour before we started podcasting about the Raiders? Oh. Uh, they they did something illegal with some sort of money. I don't know. Uh, I, I can't remember the context, but this is a reason why they had some executives up and quit, resign out of nowhere. I think the story is leaking out now as Uh-oh. to why. So it's typical LOL Raiders. Yes, indeed. All right, guys. Last thing here, and we will say good night here. Who is here's how everyone finished on, on the leaderboard for tonight's stream on Facebook. Travis Weber at 6,200 stars, man. Salute. Randy at 5,000. Salute. Sean Miller, 2,200. Salute. Andrew Lampy, 2G. Salute. Butch, 2G. Salute. Michael, 1,200. Leaf, 1,200. Salute. Travis, 11. Gary, 1,000. Salute, you guys. To each and every one of you, Andrew Baker, Brian, Ron, Gerald, Claude, Colby, Shana, we very much love and appreciate that. And we have leapt so much closer to the goal. I am supremely confident we're going to be doing that giveaway before the first game week one. So guys, love you. Appreciate you. All your support. We'll see you this weekend. Zach, sign us off, doc. Have a great weekend, Chad. Everyone in the chat, have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in with us tonight. This was the Huddle Up Podcast, and you can follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account at Huddle for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, and so much more. You can be sure to follow Chad on Twitter, as you can see, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, guys, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a hat shirt. Get yourself a Building the Broncos shirt, as you see Chad. Chad rocking there. Get yourself a trucker hat. You can get yourself one of these hats. Anything on the store is available for purchase. Quality stuff, we promise you. If you haven't already, guys, go to facebook.com slash huddle. The coffee mug, guys, I use that very, very often. It's very lightweight. Feels good in your hand. Makes your morning coffee that much better. Facebook.com slash huddle. Big blue button. Chad referenced it. We have three exclusive shows on the weekends. Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone, and Kelberman's Corner with yours truly. Become a supporter with that. We appreciate your patronage. Tanner, last minute, hopping in. 999 Super. Thank you, Tanner. Good job, you guys. Sorry, got in late. No problem, Tanner. We appreciate you tuning in and and joining us tonight. Hope you had a great Thursday and we're going to have a great weekend. Leading up to the game Saturday, also Facebook.com, guys, slash Pod. Like the page, follow the page there. But if you can't do any of those things, guys, any of those things, we totally understand and respect and appreciate you. Just do these three things that take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach new Broncos fans just like you, just like all of us, and help us congregate in the huddle as we come to be known. We are off, though, until this weekend. Huddle Up Pod Sunday night. We have Broncos Book Club, as we mentioned, Saturday. Kelberman's Corner Sunday. Take care. Have a great weekend, guys. Get ready for the game Saturday night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.